Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you for this morning. We declare your majesty. We proclaim that your name is exalted. We say this morning and forever you are holy. Lord, accept our worship in Jesus' name. Every one of us here present here this morning, we need your touch. Father, touch us. Lord, establish us. Father, speak unto us. Reveal yourself unto us. Reveal us to ourselves. Let your name alone be glorified. Let none leave you the way they came. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we are prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome in Jesus' name. The Lord that we have come to meet will meet with us today in Jesus' name. Why do they always say Merry Christmas? That's not my message. It's just a question. Why do they say Merry Christmas? Anybody knows? Enjoy Christmas. Why do you have to enjoy Christmas? Because of what? The joy that accompanies it. You know why I'm asking? So that if I tell somebody Merry Christmas, you will not say what? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So tell your neighbor Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And tell him Happy New Year ahead. Happy New Year ahead. The Lord will meet with us in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a very important week for us. The importance of the week will not be lost on anyone in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll be looking at the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1. The topic we've been looking at is what? Lord, do what? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And we are going somewhere. So Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And we said one of the reasons the apostles of Christ could come to him and say, teach us to pray, is because they had seen him pray. Is that not so? Yes, not only had they seen him pray, they had seen him pray with what? With results. With re tell somebody with results. So they could come to him and say, ah, we've seen you pray, we've seen the answer. I mean, paradventure, I don't know when this happened, I mean, in relation to when uh, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but they saw him, he stood at the, at the tomb, and he said what? Lazarus do what? But before he made that pronouncement, he looked up and said, Father, I do what? I thank you. Because you always hear me. One of the reasons we pray is because we know when we pray, he does what? He hears us. And that's why we don't want to go into the new year, just, uh, I mean, high five, happy, uh, Merry Christmas, happy new year. We, no, we want to prepare for the new year. And we prepare for the new year by doing what? By praying. That's why even on the 31st of December, we, come here, we are coming here to worship him and to do what? To pray. So they've seen him pray. They've seen the results of his prayers. And so they came and said, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples to pray. But you are our master. Teach us also. And then we went further and said, they didn't come to interrupt him when he was praying. They waited until when he ceased, when he finished praying, before they said, teach us to pray. And he taught them. 
Then we looked at the teaching ministry of Jesus. And that's where we started from. We said one thing we noticed that Jesus prayed in all circumstances. But then looking at his teaching, teaching ministry, one peculiarity was that he taught with authority. He taught with what? Authority. So when Jesus speaks, nobody, no power in heaven or on earth could challenge him. Because the Bible says, God had highly exalted him and given him what? A name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things where? Underneath the earth. So peradventure, something was taken from you at birth. And they buried it. Oh, because God has made him the authority of things underneath the earth. You will take it back today in Jesus' name. But adventure, something was taken from you not too long ago, and they threw it in the ocean. The one we are talking about has authority in the oceans. And you will take it back today in the name of Jesus. He spoke with authority. He taught with authority. Then we went further and said he taught in different places. And we started by looking at the fact that he taught in houses. And your house, tell somebody your house, is supposed to be a place of teaching. What do you mean by that? Children, we said, are the heritage of the Lord. The children that are brought up in your house are to be taught the ways of the Lord. Are to be taught to know what God expects of them. He taught them at the seaside. And every time Jesus taught, his teachings were accompanied with what? Miracles. When he was in the house of uh, 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 Peter, he taught and he raised up Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. If anybody is sick here today, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Sickness is known and unknown. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Sickness is diagnosed and undiagnosed. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. He taught by the seaside. And the Bible says, because there were so many people, he told Peter, and let me use your boats. And Peter allowed him to. And when he finished, he said, launch out your nets into the deep. And the Bible says, when Peter caught, his boat was sinking. The boat, I mean, he, he, he called his friends. They also came, their boats were filled. And as we move into this new year, your boat will fill to overflow. Amen. You are going to have your own uh, is it net sinking catch in the name of Jesus? Amen. He taught on the mountain. Today, we are still talking about the father he taught in different places. I want to look at the father he taught in the synagogue. He taught where? That's the number, that's the fourth place of where he taught. He taught in the synagogue. And when you look, go to Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. I'm going to read it. Luke 4, 16 to 21. He taught in the synagogue. Luke 4, 16 to 21. If you are there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Two things there. He went into the synagogue. When? On what? So in our own time, now we will say he went to the synagogue on a Sunday. Okay, so we'll continue. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He taught in the synagogue. Now, when you look at this particular passage, Jesus went to the synagogue. He read from the word of God. But the important thing was his interpretation of the passage that he read. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, I am telling you today, that's Jesus. He was saying, I'm telling you that the spirit of the Lord God is where is upon me. He has anointed me. And he began to enumerate the things that the spirit of the Lord had anointed him to do. And so what I want us to take note of this morning, brethren, is that Jesus found himself in the synagogue. Jesus found himself in the temple. Jesus found himself in the world. But it wasn't at home. It was where? In the synagogue. And we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. In Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. From verse 1 to verse 4. Daniel 9 verses 1 to 4. The Bible talks about Daniel in the year I mean, the fifth, first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, go to verse 2. Go to verse 2 of that passage. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood how? By the books. By the books. So Daniel was studying the book of Jeremiah. And he saw that it was pronounced that Israel would be in captivity, or rather Judah, would be in captivity for 70 years. And then he said, these 70 years have been completed. But the captivity is still ongoing. And so Daniel began to pray. Because he saw that the time has come. Tell somebody the time has come. And the reason you might not be seeing what you ought to have been seeing is because you have not prayed enough. So tell your neighbor, pray. That's why, brethren, this is a season to pray. It's not just a season to say, we are going through a new year, 2024. I'll be a year older. And all the turkeys and the chickens are in trouble. It's more than that. The time has come. And may, brethren, many of us like examining ourselves. We like asking ourselves, another year has passed. What have I achieved? And you might have concluded that all the things I set out to do this year, maybe I have not achieved any. All you need to do is realize that the time has come. But what do you have to do? Pray pray. If it shall come to pass, if it will be fulfilled, you need to pray. Jesus found himself in the Bible. He looked at the word of God. He found himself. And then, he was able to establish that this is the word that was written concerning me. Remember, brethren, in John chapter 2, Jesus, I mean, when there was no wine in Cana of Galilee, right? 
Mary came to Jesus and said, they have no wine. Jesus said, how is that my business? They have no wine. When did that start making wine? So at that point in time, he was prepared to dock, to escape. But Mary caught him and said, whatever he said unto you, do it. And that day, he performed his first miracle in Cana of Galilee. Water was turned to wine. He might not have understood the timing, but Mary understood the timing. And she led him into performing that miracle. But when he got to this point in the synagogue, he knew the time. He knew who he was. I want to ask you a question today. Who are you? Please ask your neighbor, who are you? I want to give you an assurance, brethren. You can never know who you are except you search through the word of God. It's the word of God that will point to you who you are. You must find yourself in the Bible. Tell somebody, you must do what? Tell your neighbor again, you must find yourself in the Bible. That's very important, brethren. We are told that the manual is what everybody will turn to when there's an issue with the product. Is that not so? The product for your life, for my life, is what? Is the word of God. That is the manual that your creator has prepared to be a guide unto you. No wonder the psalmist said, Thy word have I what? Have I hid in my heart that I may not do what? That I may not sin against thee. The word is that which will guide you into what the Lord wants you to do. That is the manual that, had, that has all your specifications. That is the manual that will ensure that when you're supposed to be going north, you're not doing what? Going south. The opposite way. Because when you do that, at the end of your journey, it will be full of regrets. I pray for someone here today. You will not regret in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not regret in Jesus' name. I, I shared one story with us here some time ago of a man of God. He was called at an early age to go to Africa for missionary work. And you know what the devil does? When he sees that there's a call of God upon your life that, that you can, I mean, which if you go to fulfill, God will lift you up. What will he do? He will make sure that whatever business you lay your hands on to, it does what? It prospers. So that the business becomes a diversion. So this man was a successful businessman in the U.S. until he was in his 70s. Then he woke up one day and realized that God called him to go to Africa. And then he went. And then he saw what he could have done, which he refused to do. He now went and was giving them money. You know what the Bible says? To obey is what? Tell somebody, please obey him. The instruction is in the manual. But unless you obey the word of God, you will be running the wrong race. You will run a race and when you expect him to say, welcome, good and obedient servant, what will he say? Say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. For what? I know you not. Because the race you have been running is not the race he has set for you. He taught in the synagogue. No wonder, in Psalm 122 verse 1, Psalm 122 verse 1, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Many of us will say, well, God is everywhere, 
I don't need to go to church. You are making a mistake. The word of God says, we should not neglect what? The assembly of the brethren. The Bible makes us talk. I mean, this, today now, we've gone through the Sunday school. We learned about the lying tongue, which is, I mean, a problem many of us have. Some of us are so good at lying. So good at lying that if he tells you it's 12 noon, go and check it again. Because it might be 12 midnight. And when we tell her the lies, we do what? We clean our mouth. So that anybody that does not know you have just lied, will say, ah, that brother is a saint. That's, in fact, they will say, I want to be like him. And we, are, we say we are Christians. We are children of God. They are the hallmarks of the humanity in us. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We studied that in the Sunday school. We, went, we came on to the opening prayer, the praise and worship. And I, like I pointed out to us last week, your blessing, you cannot determine where your blessing in the service is. Yes, sir. Who determines? God. It's good to pray, but do you know that you cannot control God? Are we aware of that? You can't control him. The key is that on the day that he will come for you, that you will not be found wanting. On the day he comes with your own blessing, that he will not look and you are nowhere to be found. I think they've shared this story with us before of a particular woman who was very agile, very active in the church, a child of God, a daughter of God. She had only one need. What was that need? She wanted a child. That was all. She was among the best workers in the church. She would be among the first to leave and the last um, to, the first to arrive and the last to leave. Then one day, she was prepared, getting ready to go to church and say, I go to church every day. I'm tired. Unfortunately for her, that was the day that the Lord was going to answer her. So she did not come to church that day. And the pastor was teaching like he normally does. And the Lord opened his eyes. And he saw an angel in the church with a baby. It's not that the angel didn't know what he was looking for, but I believe God wanted to send a message across. The angel was with a baby and was going around looking for who? That woman. See, there's a place for everything. I hope you realize that. They call Jesus. Jesus of where? Jesus of Nazareth. Why didn't they call him Jesus of Bethlehem? Was he not born in Bethlehem? There's a place for everything. There's a place for your, your miracle. Remember? When they wanted to kill him, the Lord said, take him to Egypt. He said, because the word of God says, out of Egypt, have I done what? Have I called my son? So everywhere he sends you to, there's a reason. If he says, today you must be in church, and that's the day you say, ah, yesterday's shift was hectic. Ah, I want to sleep. And then you wake up at 12.30 when the service is over. And you are stretching and say, ah, it was a relaxing day. But God is shaking his head. That today I wanted to bless you is the day you chose to rest. You see one thing, brethren, the Bible tells us that we must always go the extra mile. Tell somebody, go. go. The, extra the extra mile. mile. 
God is looking for a man, a woman, a brother, a sister that will do more. That will do what? Don't, don't, don't aspire just to be like others. Go beyond minimum expectation. That woman, the day she did not come, was the day God wanted to answer her. The baby that the angel brought, he didn't take it back to heaven. Going by the revelation, God showed that pastor. That baby was given to somebody on, in the church that day. You will not miss your time. Amen. I said you will not miss your time. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come to the house of the Lord joyfully. Whatever ails you, whatever is oppressing you, when you come to the presence of God, it will vanish in the name of Jesus. Amen. Psalm 27 verse 4. It says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When you come before the Lord, then those naughty questions that you've been looking for answers that you have no answers for, where will he give it to you? In the house of the Lord. It may be just a message that is being preached. It may be about those five or six brothers that are coming saying they saw a vision. Somebody send them to you. This one will say you are the sister. This one will say you are the sister. This one will say you are the sister. I have a word for someone here today. None of them is the brother. None of them is the brother. The Bible says, in your patience, do what? Possess ye your souls. In due season, he that shall come, shall come. That's the word. And you will not miss it in Jesus' name. So all the deceptions, all the lies, let the devil go with all his masters of deception. Brethren, do you know that the, the devil knows the Bible? But he always quotes it wrong. He will not get you in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's something written about you in, in his book, in Psalm 40, verses 5 to 8. Psalm 40, verses 5 to 8. Um, but I'm going to read just verse 7. He said, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Now look at verse 8. He says, I delight to do thy will. Oh my God. Then he said, Thy law is within where? My heart. The word must guide you. The same thing is repeated in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 9. So he taught in the synagogue. In the synagogue, you find yourself. In the synagogue, you get instruction. In the synagogue, you get direction. In the synagogue, the light of the world will be revealed unto you. When Jesus was born, there are many things that were told to Mary. Then she brought him to the synagogue to dedicate him. And Simon began to speak and said, you see how old I am? I've been waiting all my life for nothing else but what? This boy. 
that boy was the reason Simon was alive. So he said, now let us thy servant do what? Depart. He was ready to die. He said, my eyes have seen the king of glory, the salvation of Israel. It wasn't in the market. It wasn't in any place of all. It was where? In the synagogue. In the synagogue. If you will be obedient, even as you are preparing to go into the new year, the Lord has prepared a word for you. The Lord has prepared some goody goodies for you. Amen. But you will obtain them where? In the synagogue. In the presence of God. Number five. He taught on the road. He taught where? On the road. On the road. In Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. From verse 13 to verse 27. It's a long passage. We're not going to read it. But Luke 24, 13 to 27. The Bible talks about two men. This was after the resurrection of Jesus. Two men were on the road to a place called Emmaus. And they were talking. So what is this happening? Jesus had been killed. He had been buried. He had resurrected. And as they were going, the Bible says Jesus appeared to them and they did not know. And they said, ah, what are you so discussing that ah, you are so engrossed in your discussion? And he said, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Don't you know what has been happening? Jesus came. We thought he's the Messiah. He did wonderful things. And then they killed him. And we thought that was the end. But lo and behold, some of our brethren, so those two disciples did not believe. Some of our brethren went to the sepulcher this morning and they said, he's risen. said, this whole thing is bizarre. We don't understand it. Brethren, the things that men don't understand did not just begin today. You know, like they normally say, as it was in the beginning. So it is now. So it will continue to be. Your intellect is small compared to what God wants to do for you. Is it in your Bible? That eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has the heart of man conceived. What God has in store for them that love him. Do you love God? That's the only test. The only test is God is asking you today, do you love me? Please ask your neighbor, do you love God? Maybe you take it a step and say, do you love Jesus? Because if you do, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. You yourself, you have not thought about it. The things he's going to do for you. The Bible says, Jesus began to teach them. They were walking, you know, they were going to Emmaus. Uh, he began to teach them. But he called them something. He said, oh fools. Is that in your Bible? Uh, let me see where it is. Oh. Let me see where it is. Oh. In verse 25. See, then he said unto them, oh fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, those who don't believe, the Bible calls them what? It's Bible we are looking at now. Is it in your Bible? All fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet has spoken. Now, the Bible says, if you believe, what will happen? You will see the glory of God. I believe that's John chapter 11, verse, verse 40 or 45. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. When you don't believe, the Bible says you are a fool. Tell somebody, don't be a fool. All that the Lord is asking you to do this morning is what? Believe. Believe. The word he has spoken to you shall come to pass. 
The word he has given unto you shall come to pass. He began to expound the word unto them. When they got to Amos, the Bible says, Jesus Christ did as if what? As if he will pass by. But the Bible says they did what? They constrained him. Remember I said at the beginning, you need to go the extra mile. They constrained him saying, abide with us. And they went in with them. At the baking, breaking of the bread, their eyes were open. What did he do? He disappeared. He disappeared. He had taught them all through the journey. Brethren, he's still teaching today. Do you realize you are on a journey? Please ask your neighbor, do you realize you are on a journey? This world is not your home. This world is not my home. I'm passing through because I'm going somewhere. Maybe, may I ask you, where are you going? No, let, let's be very clear. Ask your neighbor, are you going to heaven? Because that's where I'm going. No? Because there's an alternative to heaven, brethren. And where is that? It's called hell. Everybody here is on a journey. And your destination is either heaven or hell. I know we don't hear messages on that too often. But that's the truth. He taught on the way. If you are on a journey, you're on the path. And you should be available for him to teach you, for him to lead you, for him to instruct you, for him to guide you. So that you can make this heavenly home. So that he can say unto you, welcome, good and obedient servant. You've drawn your only two bit. You will now say, enter into what? Enter into the joy of your master. There is joy prepared for you. Amen. I said there is joy prepared for you. Amen. You will obtain it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. We see the story of Saul. Saul. Who later became Paul. The Bible says it was risen out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest. He got a letter to go to Damascus, to the synagogue. So that if I found any on the way, men or women, he will bring them bound to Jerusalem. Brethren, we are going into the new year. You know the plans you have made, but you know that you are not, you are not the only one that have made plans. If you are truly a child of God, as you are making your own plans, the other side of the equation, they are also doing what? They are making their own plans. But our God is always ahead. I say our God is always ahead. And he will come through for you in Jesus' name. The disciples in Damascus were doing their own thing. Paul or Saul was on his way to come and arrest them. And put them to prison. And Jesus met him on the way. He met him on the way. Verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And what did he say? He said, who art thou, Lord? He didn't need anybody to preach to him. He knew that this was it. Tell somebody this, this was it. He knew. Why persecutest thou me? And he had, a, I mean, a discussion with the Lord. And the Lord sent him, on, I mean, on the way to that place where his ministry began. 
on your journey in life, brethren, Jesus is available to teach and to guide you. He met Saul on the way. That day marked the turnaround for Saul. He was not the same again. He realized his folly. Maybe your life has been in your own hands all this while. It's time that you, you, you turn it over to who? To Jesus. I think there's a song we sing like that. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to him now. Turn it over to Jesus and you shall smile the rest of your days. Do you want to smile the rest of your days? Turn it over to Jesus. Let him be the guide of this journey. He came to Saul. He said, why persecutest thou me? If he were to come to you today, what question would he ask you? If Jesus meets you today, what question will he ask you? The question we will ask you will be in relation to what you are doing. What Saul was doing in relation to the children of God is he was persecuting the children. And so the Lord came and said, why persecutest thou me? What will be your own question? As I'm asking now, I know the Lord is telling many of us here the questions he asked for us. Maybe your own is obstruction. Why obstructest thou my walk? Maybe your own is hypocrisy. And I will he has the question of hypocrisy. Somebody help me. Why are you a hypocrite? Why deceivest thou thyself? <laughs> Others may not know, but he knows, and who knows? You know. You know. And maybe your own is what we learned in Sunday school this morning. You are a beautiful liar. And he's asking you, why are thou fearless with lies? <laughs> Overflowing lies. Some of us don't need to manufacture it. Just wake him up. The lies will flow. And the Bible says, outside our world, all, no, not just liars. All liars. Without our world, all the blue liars, the green liars, the red liars, the white liars, all liars, they are what? Without. What's the essence of this journey? If haven't come far, he tells you that there is no place for you in my house. Your place is outside. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. What question will he ask you if he were to meet with you today? So Jesus taught in different locations. And the third point we are going to look at, we have mentioned five different places that he taught, is that Jesus was an object teacher. He was what? So, first of all, we said he taught with authority. Secondly, we said he taught in different places. And number three, we are saying he was an object teacher. What does that mean? He taught with parables. And when we start looking at what he taught about prayer, you see that he started by giving them parables about prayer. He was an object prayer. I mean, an object teacher. That means he uses a common objects to present 
spiritual truths. That's what the parable is. Using common objects to do what? To present spiritual truths. And the first point on that as we round up today is that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. He taught about what? Every action he taught about was towards making an impact in the kingdom of God. And that's very important. In Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Mark 1. He said, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do what? Do what? Tell somebody, repent ye. If someone is beside you and is not saying yes, the person does not love you. Tell somebody, repent ye. Say the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and do what? Believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. The good news. That's why Jesus came to this world. Repent ye. Some of us are in church today because we go to church only on Christmas Day. And we know there's no service tomorrow. Repent ye. <laughs> Repent ye. Some of us are going to come here on the 31st of December because we say, ah, it must not meet me outside. It must be in the church. Repent ye. You need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus needs to know you. Don't be an alien to him. Remember, he teaches in the house. How can he teach in your house? When in your house, Jesus, what do they call that thing? Jesus is a silent, uh, what, how do they put it? Somebody that has it in their house. He's the silent listener. He has no authority. He has no power. He's the silent listener in this house. They, how do they say it again? Uh, you have it in your house now. Why are you not talking? <laughs> He is a third part. is an alien. He has no part to play in your spiritual life. He's just to watch. Is that the type of Christ that you are serving? Or is he the first in your life? How about to bow down our heads, brethren? Let's bow down our heads. Which Jesus is your Jesus? You know, like the songwriter said, how do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or like a D-O-G? Is your God a dog that can only, uh, I mean, uh, uh, take the leftovers? Or is he first in your life? Which place have you put him? That's my question for you this morning. I want us to begin to talk to him. I want us to begin to talk to him. Touch him. That's why you are in the house today. So that he can take his rightful place in your life. So that as we look ahead to the new year, Oh, you are going to, it, it's with vigor, with the vigor that the Lord gives, knowing fully well, knowing fully well. Now, what he will do is what him alone can do. Where's your heart with him? Talk to him this morning. We are soon going to be in the new year, the year 2024. Do you want to run the same race you ran this year, next year? Don't you want to go to the next level? Don't you want to go to a higher level? Don't you want God to relate with you on a different level? 
You know what Moses said? He said, I wish all of them were prophets. All. He wants to speak to you as a friend. So you don't, it's not until you go and meet one prophet that will be deceiving you. He wants to talk to you. He desires to be your love. He desires fellowship with you. Talk to him this, this afternoon. He's there for you. He's there for you. He's there for you. There's a song that says, Gently and tenderly, Jesus is calling. I don't know the full wordings. Calling for you and for me. I know the chorus that says, Come home. Come home. Come home. That chorus again. Come home. Come home. You are weary. Come home. Endlessly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling. One more time, come home, come home, oh yes, very come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, I know that God is talking to someone in our midst today. He is telling you to come home. You know you've gone far. You know you've, gone, you've wandered far away from him. This morning, there is no theatrics. If the Lord is talking to you, come forward. If the Lord is talking to you, come forward. You know, you know, he's telling you, come home. Let's start afresh. Oh, you cannot afford to go to the new year with all the baggage of the current year. Come home. Come home. If the Lord is talking to you this morning, please come forward. Please come forward. We are going to pray together. Oh, you will start afresh. He will lead you on this journey. I've wandered far away from God. Love, I'm coming home. Maybe that's the song you are singing this morning. Lord, I'm coming home. Lord, I'm coming home. If that is your song, come forward. The Lord is here to receive you. Don't look at who is on your right, who is on your left. Because when you stand before him, nobody, 
will stand with you. Your husband will not stand with you. Your wife will not stand with you. Your children will not stand with you. If the Lord is calling you to come home, come home this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. We exalt your holy name. Mazikere masoto lenda hitragabo le prosikalia e prosito lenda hitragabo. For those of us that are watching online, you want to give your life to Christ today. You are saying today is my day. I'm releasing my life unto Jesus. You are going to say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for a time like this. Write my name in the book of life. I come unto you and unto no man. Accept me as I am, just as I am, without any plea. Let me run this race with you from this day onwards. Wash me in your blood, cleanse me, and prepare me for the journey ahead. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Just as I am without one plea, what art that Lord was shed for me, and as thy peace come to To rise on our feet, and we're all going to sing the words of that song as I go by, as I go to my seat. But I want you to sing it with all of your heart. You are talking to God, you are not talking to me. Talk to him in the words of that song, and he will accept you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.